Hey guys, welcome to the Marketplace Podcast. I'm your host, Priest Willis, and this is episode number 85. Today I'm joined by Neil Patel. Neil from Patel.com and Quicksprout.com. A lot of you may know him because he's the founder of Crazy Egg and Kiss Metrics and a number of other tools and other great pieces of software. He's created four multi-million dollar businesses and he consults a lot of other great businesses too. He's just a wealth of knowledge. I brought him on the show today to talk specifically about managing content, how he approaches business, what he's learned in business and how to accept failure. Neil has been in business for a very long time, over 16 years, and I thought he could offer some insight into how he's built these businesses and gotten past some of the pitfalls that we tend to see in business and just appreciate the successes that he has. He has some really good information. So without further ado, here is my man, Neil Patel. Thank you to our sponsor, Thrive Theme, for today's episode. Thrive Theme's has blazingly fast WordPress templates and plugins built to get more traffic, more subscribers, more clients, and more customers for you. Thrive Themes makes more than just themes. The company is well known for its powerful array of marketing tools and plugins for WordPress, such as Thrive Leads, Thrive Content Builder, and Thrive Headline Optimizer. I use them, and I've created a site in a plugin for a site called I want to be an affiliate.com, literally in a matter of 30 minutes. I downloaded WordPress, plugged in Thrive Themes, and it worked fine. Go into today's episode, click on the link that says Thrive Themes, and you'll be taken to their site. You definitely want to give them a try. Thrive Themes, a blazingly fast WordPress template and plugin for your site. Hey, Neil, welcome to the program. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, excited to have you. You are somebody that I've been wanting to speak to for quite some time. Our audience, our listeners, as I've shared with you, are tons of bloggers, content writers, side hustlers, people that are really trying to build web properties. And you have a lot of great content out there, videos, written content. You've built businesses. So you've been head steep into this business. So I'd love for you, if you can, to share a little bit about yourself. Sure. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I focus mainly on marketing. I just love marketing and all things about it. And my goal is just to help businesses grow and get more traffic. Started quite a few software companies back in the day, still have them. Spend my time these days running an agency called Neil Patel Digital. And my goal is just to grow everything and help people get more traffic and sales online. In high school, you had already started a business that was earning somewhere, and maybe this is an over-exaggeration, maybe not, but this is why I'm asking, somewhere in the neighborhood of 20000 a month. Is that true? Uh, yeah, I was around 16, making around 20 a month. Live and learn, and you see what works, what doesn't work. But yeah, it wasn't bad back then. It was more so just did that because that's all I knew how to do, and then grew from there. So when you first started, even with that business, when you first started, was it about money or were you already in search of something else? Were you in search of like, hey, I don't want to work a nine to five. So this is something that I have to set up for myself for the future. I was 16 years old. I didn't know what happened. I was just doing whatever to make it all work. At some point, you're 16, you're making 20000 a month. But as you move ahead, there has to be something that clicks inside of you that says, this is good. I think I want to do this versus going to work in the corporate world. My point that I'm trying to get here is 
when did that turn on for you and what was the goal of you ultimately wanting to do my goal was just to make money because i was a poor kid uh, 16 years old and then eventually i was like oh i create a business out of this i didn't really directly think it was going to be a business you said i was a poor kid we all were poor when we were kids but was your family my parents grew up poor but i was middle class so when you started making over six figures a year 16 again you started moving along in business there as the years went by what did you start to do did you start acquiring businesses did you start focusing on building other online properties what was your focus as you got older my focus as i got older is i realized money isn't everything and i really just enjoyed getting more traffic to websites so like for me it was like adrenaline rush and that's what i ended up spending so much time on what specifically did you start spending more time on were you an affiliate no, no, no. SEO, content marketing, social media marketing. I just enjoyed getting traffic. And what were some of the first things that you started to do that you really started to see generate growth as you went along? What I found is to do well financially, you have to end up solving a problem. I found that it wasn't one thing like SEO or content marketing or being a marketer. It was helping companies solve a problem in which they were saying, hey, we're looking for leads. We don't know how to use this Google AdWords. We don't know how to get on the top of Google. We just need more leads or we need more sales. And if you can produce it, people will pay you. If you can't, you're shit out of luck. And the reason why I'm, I'm probing here is because not everybody feels that same sense of hustle that you feel. The goal behind this is to kind of show people that, hey, you kind of have to dig. You have to fail in some areas, open up in some other areas. So, hey, you just kind of have to give it a try. You can't just try one thing and all of a sudden quit. You may have hit gold when you were 16, but between 16 and now, you've had multiple failures. So what kept pushing through. A lot of times people love to tell their success stories and they're excited about the one thing, but they're not telling you the 30 things that have failed and sucked and that you thought was really cool and it really sucked. Yeah. So you were speaking at a conference I seen and you quoted Adam Nash and you talked about taking growth seriously. Let's talk about growth and what that means. So you're a 16 year old kid just playing with stuff. You started a business. Boom, you hit right away. Of course, you had failure in between. But now that you look at your life today and you look at that growth that you have, talk about what does that mean to take growth seriously? Most people run a business as in like, here's a product we're going to build. I want this feature. I want to do this. or I want to do this other thing. It's in other words, opinion based. So we took a step back and what we decided to do is say, hey, what makes customers use our products? What makes them use our service? What makes them happy? What makes them refer other people? What's the experience that they ideally want to see? And we started thinking about everything in terms of growth, such as not will this feature add more revenue, but more so, will this feature increase our customer's user experience? Would they use it? Would it cause them to want to pay more? because they're really ecstatic. Would it cause them want to stop using our competitors? Right. So when you think about growth and making your decisions around growth, what ends up happening is, is you can generate indirectly quite a bit more revenue, but you'll see that you'll get way more users because you're doing what's best for your customers versus just doing what you want to do from your gut. It seems that we're so saturated with information. There's so much out there that people are almost inactive because there's so much information out there. How does someone with a site or a blog in their particular niche, especially being smaller in some cases, rise above that? Meaning, how can they cut out some of the noise in the fat, if you will, and get right to the heart of what they want their business to be? 
this goes in line with taking growth seriously, right? Because this happens to me today where I sit down and I look at one thing and I'm trying to create a path for something. And for one reason or another, whether it's watching a YouTube video, you begin to veer off and get into something else. How do you cut out some of that noise as you're building businesses and focus on taking your growth seriously? I use a website app called Rescue Time. It tells me where I'm wasting my time, where I'm not, where to focus my time and energy and what's helping me be the most efficient. And is there other tools and tips that you may use to kind of manage it? I do to-do lists and I break my to-do lists down in such a small area that I know I can end up doing those tasks per day. If I can't do them per day, then my to-do list is too big. Got it. How do you manage other things like whether it's your email or just your day, even being on podcasts like this where you tell people, no, I'm not going to do it because it's not worth my time, essentially. But that doesn't sound right. But it's just... Yeah. It's more so whatever fits in my schedule. If I can fit it in and I'll try to make the time and I do it. Just like the podcast. Yeah. I don't know how many listeners you have or anything like that. I didn't care. You emailed me, you made a good pitch and I'm like, let's do it. For me, it wasn't about how many users or the ROI or any of that. I'm like, all right, this sounds good. I don't do all of them because some people just email me at one sentence be like, I want to interview on your podcast and they don't tell me about it or their goals. And I just want to make sure whatever I do, I'm doing it with other people who love what they're doing and they're passionate, right? Because then when they are passionate, the quality of the work ends up being better and everyone's happy. Totally. That's exactly what we believe here. And I've been in the affiliate marketing industry for 20 years. And the reason why I love affiliate marketing, and I'm going to get to you on this, is because affiliate marketing can have so many tentacles. Literally, in most businesses, particularly in small ones, you can kind of have affiliate marketing as your beachfront of your business because you can run PPC and other digital marketing channels through affiliate marketing, essentially especially when you have a limited budget and you want to create influencers or other people to help expand your marketing efforts. One thing that I've appreciated about you, and I know for a fact is that you've spoke at Affiliate Summit and other events. You've been at Affiliate World, which is kind of a worldwide affiliate marketing conference, which is really cool. I think you went to Asia last. Let's talk about affiliate marketing, if you don't mind for a minute. Let's talk about You have a four-minute video out there where you kind of explain what affiliate marketing is, which is really, really good. Do you still do affiliate marketing today within your businesses? Now, I know what your businesses are or what they were. You left Kissmetrics, so affiliate marketing wasn't a part of that. But stuff that you get into today, even beyond that, are you still leveraging affiliate marketing? I'm not leveraging affiliate marketing much at all. Sure, we do have some affiliates for our own companies, but we don't leverage it much. Most of our revenue and channels and traffic comes from our own means. Okay. So you do your own kind of internal digital tactics, SEO and all that kind of stuff that is totally away from affiliate marketing. Correct. Got it. What's your belief behind affiliate marketing today? I mean, as you look at the landscape of it, Bitcoin is becoming a really, really big thing. And I just wrote an article about how blockchain and affiliate marketing can marry it. And I swear I didn't do it because blockchain and Bitcoin is the big thing out here. But just kind of a general question, what do you think the future is of affiliate marketing? The future for affiliate marketing is you're going to start seeing a lot of these fake offers that people are doing like unlimited, I don't know what it is, like wrinkle cream <laughs> or whatever. You're going to start seeing them go away, scammy. And you're going to start seeing these affiliates more and more focus on mobile, which they have been doing. You're going to see them focus on regions where people are as familiar with affiliate marketing like China and Asia and stuff like that. But you'll start seeing affiliate marketing pop up in brick and mortar businesses, tech companies that have never thought about affiliate marketing. 
B2B. And you'll more so see large companies taking advantage of it, not in a bad way, but more so leveraging it and offering deals. Like why can't the Microsofts of the world do affiliate marketing, right? Or have offers and programs. And you're seeing some of these guys like Amazon has affiliate program, but most of these large corporations aren't using any of them yet. True. Or if they are, they're not doing it well. Correct. Let's talk about Quick Sprout for a minute, if we can, Neil. So one of your big things out there and one of the things that you're known for, especially, is kind of the content and what you do with it and your business that kind of surrounds it. Can you share some details about the site and kind of how it benefits entrepreneurs and why you created it and kind of get into that a little bit? One of the things you mentioned earlier was you only create businesses that you know will be helpful for people. So you must have seen a gap there. What was that? The purpose of Quicksprout originally was to create a blog on personal branding because I was really big on personal branding at the time. Eventually, it shifted into a marketing blog. And the goal from Quicksprout was I just enjoyed writing on marketing. So I'm like, oh, might as well just create a blog where I write about marketing and give advice. But it was fun. There was no real reason behind it. I just wanted to write about marketing. Now, my very first blog, which I no longer own, and it was when I had an ad agency. And funny enough, I have another ad agency right now called Neil Patel Digital. But back in the day, I owned an ad agency called ACS. And I started a blog called Pronet Advertising. Hmm. I don't know why they were named two different names. I was a silly kid and naive. And I didn't... <laughs> but I created that because I couldn't afford to do pay-per-click. Yeah. And that's how I generated revenue and clients. Got it. So when we look at the business landscape, just in general, for all the things that you've created, and I talked about mistakes earlier a little bit, but what has been the importance for you of kind of learning from those mistakes, if that makes sense. What's been the importance of you starting an agency, letting go of that agency, starting Neil Patel Digital Agency, and you being able to pivot? What's been the importance of that? Because again, a lot of people see failure as final and failure isn't necessarily final. What has that meant for you? So instead of talking about specifics on what I learned that were applicable to me, let me break down the biggest concept that I ended up learning and it's applicable to all businesses. I had many different businesses. One, I learned something that you should focus. I tried doing too many things at once. We're not Elon Musk. None of us are. He's a needle in a haystack or he's a needle in the earth or whatever you want to end up calling or analogy you want to use. But it's very hard to run multiple businesses once. Focus on one. There's not enough time in the day to do more than one. The second thing I learned is you're always going to make mistakes. That's okay. Elon Musk makes mistakes. Not all of his rockets go up into space, right? Some of them fail. Mark Zuckerberg makes mistakes. Bill Gates makes mistakes. Warren Buffett makes mistakes. And it's okay. Mistakes don't mean failure. Instead, what you need to do is you need to focus avoiding the same mistake over and over again or repeating the same mistake over again. So if you make a mistake, that's okay, but just don't make the same one over and over again. If you do that, eventually you'll know what to do or what not to do, in other words. Because if you made hundreds of mistakes and you avoid making the same one over and over again, eventually, if you stop doing them all, you'll start doing the right things. The thing I love most about you, Neil, and kind of your background is the fact that you've left companies that have made a few, maybe more than a few million dollars, and you've started new things. And your willingness to start over encourages me. And I wanted that to pour over the podcast here where it encourages others that you may have only a $100,000 business. Here, Neil is has created 
a few businesses. I mean, you mentioned at the top that you're a serial entrepreneur. And so it's encouraging for others to kind of hear how people pivot in the mindset they take when they do pivot. When you're trying to pivot, it's not failure. Pivoting is all about learning. Market conditions change. Even if you're doing something right, sometimes you have to pivot because things progress. For example, Kodak's business from back in the days is no longer relevant. So they had to pivot. Whether they want to do it or not, they have to pivot. So pivoting isn't a bad thing. It allows you to keep staying up there with other people and keep your business relevant and still alive. That's a really good point. I heard somewhere, and this was the parallel that I was going to draw for people. So at the beginning, I talked about you being 16 years old. You just kind of started a business. You hit fire. I think you found a very sweet spot at the time you did. And today I hear you talk more and more about minimalism. I won't share your age, but we're talking several years later that you've now changed your mindset where you're like, you know, people have too much stuff and they're focusing on just getting stuff to impress people they don't care about, essentially. What has been your mindset as a business person to say, you know what, I don't necessarily care for accumulating things just to accumulate things. I want it to be meaningful. Yes. So I'm going with the heart of a minimalist. How's that been? What's been that shift for you? Well, I realize all this stuff doesn't make me happy and it just drags me down and makes me move slower. Like the key in life isn't to keep working. The key in life is to do what you love. So shit just holds you down and it costs more money and it makes you have to work more. Working should be fun. If you don't enjoy what you're doing, go do something else. The reason I'm a minimalist is because I realize all this stuff doesn't make me happy. It's just dragging me down and making my life more miserable. By having less stuff, life is much more simpler. As an entrepreneur, and this is something that we're just starting to talk more about, entrepreneurs that suffer from anxiety and depression and stuff, were you ever faced with that? Was that part of your shift in that mindset there? No, not really. I want people to keep this in mind. When things are going really good for you, keep in mind someone else out there has it better than you. When things are going bad for you, keep in mind someone else out there has it much worse than you. Yeah. So by just having that mindset, you should stay level-headed and hopefully it keeps you out of depression. What are some other things that you do aside from minimalism that you kind of keep you mindful more or less? I don't do much more. I don't meditate or anything like that. I just enjoy life and surround myself with people who I respect and always do what's in my best interest. And I always do what's in their best interest, right? We always want to be around people who put others first. Are you creating more businesses now? Is that something you... No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm done creating I'll buy them. I won't create them. Creating is always a harder part. Buying is easier. <laughs> so now you're all about acquisitions. Yeah. What are some businesses that you're looking into now? What spaces that is? I just stick with the marketing technology space. Neil, as we begin to wrap up here, what are some other thoughts around entrepreneurialism? If people are in the building stages of their business that you can share general wisdom nuggets, if you will, what are some things that you think you can impart to people today? Well, number one, move fast. If you don't move fast, someone's going to beat you to it. Two, perfection is overrated. It doesn't even matter, right? You could end up trying to make things all perfect. Doesn't affect anything. Like doesn't really help you grow fast or succeed. Three, build minimal viable products. Get feedback versus just wasting too much time. And four, you're going to make mistakes. That's okay. Learn from them and avoid making the same ones over and over again. As long as you follow those steps and you just keep pushing forward, you're focusing, you really care what you're doing. Eventually, you'll get it right. It'll take time, but you'll get there. And don't expect results right away. It takes multiple years to build something great. And that's kind of the key thing is people have to have 
patience but persistence a lot of people don't have patience they want to be gary vaynerchuk and neil patel like overnight and it's kind of like dude yeah gary's been doing it for like 20 plus years right i've been doing it for 16 years so it doesn't happen overnight <laughs> yeah exactly that's why talking to people like you really kind of level sets people in their business and that's why when i read your books I selfishly started a podcast so that I could have the opportunity to really dig into the mindset of people that I read like yourself, blog posts that I read from you to get a deeper perspective on what you believe and why you believe it. You've been a little bit more simpler in terms of like, I don't meditate. I just build businesses. I do what I want. I'm a minimalist. That's it. I'm done. Priest. Thank you. But there are other people that have a much deeper story, something dark that's driven them in a direction. So guess everybody has a story. Neil, if uh, if people want to get in touch with you, if they want to listen to some of the content that I've referred to, videos that I've talked about, or just generally getting to understand you better, where are some places that they can visit, listen to, reach out to? What are some of those places they can check out? NeilPatel.com. Okay, there you go. NeilPatel.com. Neil, I appreciate your time, man. Thank you for everything that you've done and taking the time out on the interview today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me thanks hey guys that wraps up the show hopefully you got something from neil i really appreciated his insight in the business and how he focuses on himself while he's grown a business and most importantly the growth that he's seen from a young man who earned money relatively quickly but of course he's seen some pitfalls in between and then all of a sudden he's focused on being more of a happy business person so this was a great interview. Hope you enjoyed it. Look forward to seeing you next Sunday on the Marketplace Podcast. Thank you guys so much for your support and listening. It means a lot. Appreciate you. Until then, talk to you soon. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious.